Before we get started, before any of this starts, I'd like to remind you that you can experience an ad-free version of this by clicking the link in the description that says plus.acast.com slash s slash Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Exorgat Deus Sedisipentur de Nemici Eius. Et fugiancio derunteu mafacha Eius. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. And let all those who hate him flee from before his face. The Senate Majority Leader threw in the towel earlier this week for taking over the Senate. And his reasoning for this is because of, quote-unquote, mediocre candidates. Now, the Senate Majority Leader is a schmuck. He's corrupt. He is the establishment. And it's telling that he's not interested in this even for political power. Whatever it is that's happening, he seems to really not care. Like, whatever it is that the people are fighting for, he's disinterested. And the sad part is, is that at best, that is in fact the case. We're going to actually have to start looking at some really, really hard truths. Particularly as we get ready to go into this election cycle. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. Let's get started with a prayer. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Sancta Michael Arcangelae, defende nos in proelio. Contra nequitiam et insidias diabolias do praesidium. Imperatili Deus, supplicas de precamor, tu que princeps militae calestis, satana maliosque spiritus malignos, que ad perditionem animarum, pervegantur in mundo divina virtute, in infernum netrude. Amen. Cor Jesu sacratissimo miserere nobis, Mater dolorosa, ora pro nobis. Beatus Carolus domo Austriae, ora pro nobis. Sancta Maximilianus Colbe, ora pro nobis. Domine ostende facem tuum et salvi erimus, Ave Maria Purissima, Immaculato Conceptio Est, in nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. So Cocaine Mitch came out this week, and he basically said he's pretty sure that, you know, victory is going to be had in the House, but he's not so certain that the Republicans will be able to take over the Senate. And when you listen to him speak, you can tell he's trying to make it sound... Like, he doesn't particularly care. And it's possible he doesn't particularly care. And the reason why I say that is because his position is largely secured no matter what. The country falls. He's the Senate Majority Leader. He's one of the most powerful Republicans. One of the most powerful politicians in America. He's wealthy beyond the dreams of avarice. Well, maybe not beyond the dreams of avarice anymore, since, you know, now the dreams of avarice include Elon Musk-level money. But his position is most certainly secure. And he's old enough that when he dies, 
he doesn't think he's going to have to worry about anything anyway. It's a nice side effect of people who don't really believe in hell. People who don't really believe in God. It's very clear he doesn't actually believe in anything, and he certainly doesn't even believe in the United States of America. And I don't say that last part is any particular condemnation beyond a total lack of piety. Piety in the traditional sense, pietas, God, family, country. I wouldn't call him a patriot. Patriots are willing to sacrifice for things, especially for freedom. And Cocaine Mitch? Definitely not that guy. He's a fairly astute politician, but he has no idea what's coming. Or, if he has an idea what's coming, again, his position is secure, so he's really got nothing to worry about. Or so he thinks. I think one of the most galling things about most of the federal, pol federal level politicians today, and here's the thing, I'm not excessively enthused about the Constitution of the United States of America, but before the 16th and 17th Amendments, the Tax Amendment and the popular election of the Senators, a Senator would not have been a politician. He would have been an appointee to a federal position by a state governor or a state legislature. He would have one job, serve the state he lives in, serve the state he's appointed to serve. That's it. And that at least puts a little bit of a, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? A little bit of a check and balance on the people who like to pull the strings of politics because they wouldn't be able to pull the strings on 100 senators appointed by 50 different nations the way they are able to pull the strings on people who need to win elections. For all... No, no, I'm not even going there. There are two things that they call a parliament. And one of them is a type of bird that if it has the jump on even one of its own, will kill and eat one of its own. See, a group of owls gathered together is a parliament. And don't get me wrong, I love owls. I think they're magnificent birds. But they're not what you want to pattern anything after. They kill silently. They kill behind the scenes. I mean, hell, we may as well have called it a murder. <clears throat> At least crows are smart. I'll put it like this, because this whole podcast episode actually has specifically to do with a, a tweet about accelerationism. You see, we're kind of at a point where we're going to have to start making the really, really hard sacrifices. And you get a choice in this world. Either you choose to make the sacrifice out of love, out of love for God, out of love for your family, out of love for country, or you make the sacrifice of Cain because you're still going to surrender a whole bunch you're still going to lose a whole bunch. 
You can either do it willingly out of love or you can do it unwillingly. And most of the people, most people in the United States don't understand that it's not about electing the lesser of two evils. We're past that. If there's anything the last few years have shown us, it's that if you try to elect the lesser of two evils, you still end up looking out over the abyss. The question is, are you moving fast or are you moving slow? Because there comes a point when you're just pushed off the abyss. When you just reach that last bit, teetering, teetering on the edge, and you're going to get pushed off because you refuse to turn and resist. You're like, wait, but voting for the lesser of two evils is resisting, isn't it? No. No. If you're driving down the highway to hell, it makes no difference if you're doing the speed limit with the top down enjoying the ride or if you're moving at five four or five times the speed limit at maximum speed with the adrenaline rush. Because ultimately, when you're on your way to hell, you will get there. And it doesn't matter how pleasant the drive was. Arriving at your destination is irrevocable. I consider myself an accelerationist because I know that if we don't actually do something extreme, if we don't push the pedal all the way down and yank that freaking wheel, yes, at full speed when you yank the wheel, the car flips. Well, I mean, unless it's like a Tesla. But if we don't try to yank the wheel, if we don't try to get off of the highway before we get to hell, there will eventually come a point where when we do finally realize that we have no other choice, we will have lost so much. There are people who were talking about, well, you don't necessarily want to go, you don't want to go, nobody wants to go into civil war and it's not really going to be civil war. It's going to be civil strife or, or civil conflict or whatever. We have one last chance. Something that has to get done before the end of this year. End of this year, maybe the end of, maybe push it out to the end of next year. And that is getting all of your governors to call a constitutional convention. That is getting every one of your state and local representatives to call a constitutional convention. And it's time to do some repealing. Not of the first or second amendments, but pretty much everything after 10. Pretty much everything after 10 has got to go. It has to. If we don't get anything else, we need to get the tax amendment, the income tax amendment, and the popular elections of senators. If we don't get anything else, it has to be that. That would be the bare minimum. Because at least that would shift the fight to the governor's office. It would shift the fight to the state assemblies. It would shift the fight to the state represent to the people local. To where those signs that you see that you never really pay attention to suddenly become much more important. There's a few other things that need to happen too. But if we don't start with those, immediately it's over and I'll tell you this even if we do let's say we do get the constitutional convention let's say we do get everything that we need the repeal of the 16th the repeal of the 17th maybe the repeal of one or two others 
the institution the institution of an amendment for term limits for congressmen so you can't sit in the house of representatives for 35 40 50 years and make millions of dollars got to get that crap done in six three terms maybe five terms at the most 10 years i think 10 years is sufficient if we don't get those done we're screwed it's over i'm not even joking but here's the thing that concerns me the most about it is nobody's actually pushing to get that done there's nobody talking about it not in any real sense now why am i talking about this is it because i want to save the constitution of the united states of america honestly at this point no at this point my principal concern are the people of the united states of america the 300 some ish million people who are about to lose everything who are about to lose everything and think of all of the things that the american people have lost over the last 100 years i mean all of the things we've lost over the last 100 years Let's start with the last few years. How about the sanctity of the home? How about the right to not be targeted because of your political beliefs? How about the right to follow the truth? To speak the truth? So you got a bunch of people who want to talk about free speech, but let's talk about the right of the truth to be heard because there's nobody talking about that there's nobody talking about the the fact that there are just some things that you just don't get to fiddle with you don't get to lie about because if you lie about them they lead you exactly to where we are right now and where we are right now is a couple of degrees away from getting our entire species wiped off the planet reduced to a remnant why because i took some time out to read sacred scripture and today is as it was in the day of in the days of noah not like i mean people have been saying oh yeah these days are like the days of noah no bro the governments of the world are promoting unnatural relations un unnatural relations between individuals unnatural relations just within oneself they've they've started a war on identity on being itself on what a thing is and they started that war by trying to change what it means to have a sense of identity. And they've been picking at it and picking at it and picking at it and picking at it. But the problem with assaulting the concept of being itself is that this is the final direct attack against God. And everyone who goes along with this nonsense, everyone who, think about this for just a moment, Okay? God the Father Almighty is, by his very nature, the essence of being, the essence of existence. The Lord Jesus Christ is the essence of definition in the flesh. He is the Word made flesh, the Word which has meaning which has definition, which is made flesh. These transgressions are the transgressions against the Holy Spirit. To reject that which is and deny the existence of charity, the existence of grace, the existence of being, the existence of justice, because we deny what these words even mean. 
and that is the plague that's spreading around the world. It's not taxes. It's not climate change. It's not even the pacha heifer. The core of this battle has to do with existence. The core of this battle is, at its very core, existential. This is a war against creation. This is a war against design. This is a war against intellect. This is a war against will. With will, ironically, which is weird. This is a war against reality and being. This is a war against the things that are quintessential. And it's not taking place where they're saying, where is thy God, blah, 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 blah. It would be easier to defeat because you could just slap them and say, shut up. These are the ones who are coming after you going, is it really a girl? Is it really a boy? There are several times, and this is actually probably the subtle thing of importance. When I was reading the chapter in the lead-up to the flood. There was a very heavy emphasis on ensuring that male and female were properly understood. This is another one of this, honestly, this is another one of those, we're reading the Dewey Rem and, read, and reading the Latin Vulgate. They're, they're worded differently. They're worded more emphatically. Time and again, male and female. Time and again, male and female. Go through. I guarantee you'll see it. If you look in the Dewey Rim, and you just read the chapter in the chapters in the lead up to the flood. Given up the natural use of the flesh. What does that mean? Think about it. What does it mean? Where well, the whole world had given up the natural use of the flesh. You read it, you see it. You read it and you immediately know, you immediately know and understand exactly what's coming. So they talked about wickedness in Sodom and Gomorrah, but this is on a whole other level. This is going so far as saying science has shown us that we can turn a man into a woman and a woman into a man. We can create the members that are necessary. We can remove the excess and create the members that are necessary in order to make this thing happen. We can mess with the chemical balances of the human body and we can sculpt with our own hands a restructuring of the truth in your flesh. Never once considering the fact that the use of that flesh is gone. Ever after. That the use of that flesh, even in the proper manner, is gone early on in the processes. That in a person's effort to deny who they physically are, even if they relent, it is likely they will never be complete again. Scarred internally, psychologically, emotionally, and externally forever. But the Lord God said he would not eradicate the earth with water again. So it's not going to be a flood. We all understand that the second time around it's going to be by fire. And that's where this war is at. And this war is headed in that direction. This war is a war to what? To reduce the temperature of the planet so that the seas don't raise. Why? Because for some reason they're really afraid of the flood, although they're lying about that at every step. 
But the real argument is to keep the temperature cool, right? Well, the temperature gets mighty hot in hell. And this climate of debauchery and degeneracy and blasphemy has got to go. It's not helping anybody. You name one person helped by the rejection of God. Name one. There are a lot of people who can look at people who go to prison and become converted and become Christian and begin to follow the faith after they get out of prison and they go, well, religion helps people who've done that. Really? Well, a thorough lack of religion is what caused the fall in the first place. So why would you look down upon someone who found the faith and is putting their life back together when it was the total lack of faith that destroyed their lives in the first place? Oh, that's right. It's the hubris talking. It's the hubris that those things can't happen to me. Because I've never seen that before. We are headed on a road to disaster. And those of you who are traditional out there, those of you who pray your rosary, those of you who go to First Fridays and First Saturday devotions, those of you who are look, those of you who right now are going through the St. Michael's fast, the precursor to Advent. Those of you who are doing those things, do you not see that it is not enough? I mean, it's enough, spiritually speaking. It's enough, spiritually speaking, to take care of your soul and the souls of your family members as best you can. But those of you who are out there who are bunkering down, who are walking past the opportunity, who are allowing themselves to be moved beyond the opportunity to actually bring an end to this nonsense. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What we're doing is clearly not enough. 
I made mention in a previous podcast that the United States of America, that America itself has no mention in any Catholic prophecy. And the only answer that I can come up with that is that in our arrogance, in our blindness, we did not repent. There's no mention of some great power in the West. There's no mention of any of that. Not in Revelation, speaking divine revelation, public revelation, not in private revelation. There's no mention of anything remotely resembling the United States of America, any of its symbols and symbolism, not even the direction, the compass direction on the map. But strangely enough, and this is probably the thing that we really need to keep in mind, in the Apocalypse of St. John, written while he was on the coast of the Mediterranean, there was a beast from the sea. There was a beast from the sea. I want you to look to the I want you to look to the west from Jerusalem. Look to the west from Ephesus. Look to the west from Patmos. Look to the west even from Spain. And what do you see? Ocean. A beast from the sea. From St. John's Apocalypse, chapter 13. And I saw a beast coming up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten diadems, and upon his heads names of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like to a leopard, and his feet were the feet of a bear, and his mouth the mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave him his own strength and great power. Bishop Callaner had this to say in the note about this beast. This first beast with seven heads and ten horns is probably the whole company of infidels, enemies and persecutors of the people of God, from the beginning to the end of the world. The seven heads are seven kings, that is, seven principal kingdoms or empires, which have exercised or shall exercise tyrannical power over the people of God. Of these, five were then fallen, vis-a-vis the Egyptian, Assyrian, Chaldean, Persian, and Grecian monarchies. One was present, vis-a-vis the empire of Rome, and the seventh and chiefest was to come, the great Antichrist and his empire. The ten horns may be understood of ten lesser persecutors. <sighs> ten lesser persecutors. Persecutors of the church. Persecutors of the people of God. Let's see. Islam, although probably not the whole of it, probably Persia. Probably France in the early Republic stages. Probably, oh, actually, at least three times with their revolutions. Probably the Nazis, the Spanish Republic, the Bolshevik Revolution, the Maoist Revolution. I'm sure if I really scoured the prominent horns I'm pretty sure if we pro- if we scoured for the prominent horns we could find 10 significant persecutors since the Roman Empire But what concerns me is that the empire that is to come 
the empire that has been destroying nations at a whim. It's not really the communists. It's been the American empire. And as of right now, the American empire is being moved into a position to be taken over by some godless heathen. You want to find 10? 10 is actually a significant number. It's a spiritual number. It doesn't necessarily have to mean specifically the number 10. The number 10 actually sort of is indicative of the whole planet. That at some point in time, Christians, the people of God, will be persecuted around the world. So the lesser persecutors would include the communist revolutions and the Freemasonic revolution in Mexico. The thing that's currently going on in Nicaragua. Argentina. Venezuela. The various nations of Africa. Bishop Callender believes that it's the sum total. The beast from without from out of the sea is the sum total of all of the persecutors of the children of God. And that the seventh head would be the greatest would be the greatest the greatest and final persecutor. What if that persecutor's NATO? What if that persecutor's not a single country, but it's an alliance of nations? An alliance of nations who have decided that they're going to make war on the concept of identity. The thing is, is that the beast that comes out of the sea has all of the power of the dragon. And if I were to pick a single nation that embodied power over the whole earth, that nation would be the United would be these United States. That nation would be us. We, who have no problem letting people commit murder against the unborn. We, who have no problem with our companies being party to slavery around the world. We whose government is trafficking children across the nation, who are failing to do the right thing. We, who have hundreds of people incarcerated, for what? For nothing. For walking around in face paint and buffalo horns in the Capitol. We, whose government has no problem sending the FBI to frame people for conspiracy. We whose government had the FBI execute treason against the sitting duly elected president of the United States. We who just let our government pass into law a bill that is going to hire 87,000 new armed IRS agents for criminal enforcement. Knowing full well they're not going to go kicking in the door of Bill Gates. They're not going in kicking in the door of Paul Pelosi. They're not kicking in the door of Tim Cook.
They just kicked in the door of the President of the United States. The one who probably would be the next President of the United States. And do you understand that the nations around the world are looking at America right now that, like we, are the whore of Babylon? And could you deny it? Could you deny it with what we know the government has been doing over this last year and a half? Could you deny it with what we know the government, particularly our supposed law enforcement agencies, have been doing over the last six years? Drunk with the blood of the saints. Drunk with the blood of the innocent. Dear family, as of right now, America is Babylon. America is the whore of Babylon. And you know it. We are running dangerously close to fulfill to being the fulfillment of sacred scripture and newsflash, dear family, we're not on the right side. We may be culturally a Christian nation, but ask yourself right now, does the average person, does the average prominent person, does the average semi-wealthy person, does the average self-proclaimed Christian serve God or mammon? Is not the prosperity gospel a native of the United States of America? You're going to tell me that the preachers like Joel Osteen You're going to tell me that the Conference of Catholic Bishops in the United States serve God? I mean, on paper, they do. But realistically speaking, in this last week, we have been able to confirm, actually, in this, in this last year and a half, we have been able to confirm that we can trust not one bishop, not one bishop in America, to stand up for the truth. We have an outsider who fell in love with our country in the, <clears throat> in the person of Archbishop Carla Maria, Viga, uh, Carla, uh, yeah, Carla Maria Vigano. You have the feeble protestations <laughs> of the bishop who is quite possibly responsible for framing Father James Jackson. Lest we forget that Father James Jackson went down in Rhode Island. Who's the bishop out there? Oh yeah, that's right. One of the quote-unquote good ones. Bishop Tobin. Not to be confused with Cardinal Tobin, Mr. Nighty Knight Tobin. The other Tobin. The good Tobin, supposedly. Nobody seems to be looking at the fact that it was his diocese. that Father James Jackson of the Fraternal Society of St. Peter just happened to be arrested in three months after transferring in. There have been some very solid people coming out and talking about how Bishop Strickland, the Bishop of Tyler, Texas, sounds good in social media, but in practice is a viper. Has it been confirmed for me? No. Why? Because I haven't really looked. Because Texas is not my diocese. And the benevolent bishop of Great Falls and Billings permitted four traditional Latin masses in a diocese that it takes you 15, excuse me, 10 hours to drive across. Four traditional Latin masses in a diocese that covers 
roughly half the state of North Dakota. A diocese that's roughly sized, the same size as the state of Wyoming. Four traditional Latin masses. Oh, how benevolent. Excellency, you've been so absolutely magnanimous to make it so that I only have to drive 200 miles to attend a traditional Latin mass. Yes, there's a little bit of venom there. Ave Maria, gratia plena Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tu, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in hora mortis nostrae. Amen. You think we're going to be saved by the likes of Supish? <laughs> or Nighty Night Tobin? Or Bishop, or excuse me, Cardinal McElroy of San Diego? I'll believe that the day Archbishop Cordiglione finds his spine. Because he can talk a good game a little bit here and there. But what has he done lately? What is he going to do in the face of Vatican III? Oh, there's not a Vatican III. What do you think the Synod and Synodality is? That is Vatican, Vatican III. Let's see. Vatican I, it's only just begun. Vatican II, Satanic Boogaloo. Vatican III, Spiritual Sodomy. <sighs> For those of you who are sede out there, I got into a fairly lively discourse with the set of accountants who I believe has me muted now. Or he would if he's smart. But he gave me some very handy articles. And in those articles, I will tell you this right now. They sound good. The argument that's made in the article sounds good. You have a problem, though. The citations that you use, the references that you use, are the exact same references that the recognize and resist people use. They're the same references. So what has happened is that you have read a document and come to the exactly opposite conclusion of other people who have read the same document who were both simultaneously using the document to defend their positions. So you may just want to call a truce and call everybody back to Catholic tradition and just stop there. Because I read the documents, and every I'm not even joking. It was like six or seven documents that he sent me in, the, in like five minutes. Dude was a, a lightning fast. He sent me the information faster than I could. I couldn't even process it. I'm sitting there looking at my notifications, trying to read through this whole thing. I couldn't even track it. But as I read through all of the documents that he sent me, I realized that we were reading, he and I were reading the same documents and coming to the opposite conclusions where he was reading the document and saying, this absolutely supports the set of a contest position. And I was reading the document and going, that is precisely the reason why I recognize and resist. So Sedes, I love you, but the seat's not vacant and nothing you tell me is going to prove it to me because you literally gave me all of the same information that I would turn around and give you as proofs that we must recognize and resist. Same information. I'm not even joking. I could take the same articles and make the opposite argument he was making with those same articles. We are in an irreconcilable 
point. So Sedes, I love you. Stop. Because unlike the greater portion of people who are recognized and resist, you are snarky and you are mean and you cannot control your tongue most of the time. And if you want proof, look at how many people have blocked you in your arguments to try and convert them over to your position. They weren't blocking you because you were making good points. You're talking to other Catholics. They were blocking you because they just didn't want to read your stuff anymore because you were being venomous. By the way, all of the documents in question you can find on Novus Ordo Watch, which I found rather convenient because it was really nice to be able to go to a set of Acontis website and make this and make the case using their words for recognize and resist. So I love you. Stop. Cool your heels. Relax and just bring people back to tradition. You're better off bringing people to tradition and leaving the Pope out of your mouth altogether. Now, we're going to have a choice to make because at some point this is going to go Cristero. At some point, this is going to go Vendée. At, at some point, this is going to go Lepanto and Belgrade. The question is, are we going to wait all the way to the point where we're completely cornered on it, surrounded on all sides physically? Hiding in a cave? Waiting for Santiago Matamoros? to come out and help us? Or are we going to march out like the Papal Zouaves and the Vendée and the Cristeros and Don John of Austria and St. John of Capistrano in Belgrade? Are we going to wait until the battle is completely hopeless? Or are we at least going to start the fight now in hopes that we can minimize the destruction? Because here's the thing. There are, seem to be a lot of people who aren't aware of the fact that the destruction is going to be massive. That we're talking about the potential starvation in America alone of 100 million people. The potential starvation... Not to mention the hundreds of thousands, if not millions, who will die due to exposure. Not to mention the hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people who will die due to political persecution. You're talking up to 100 million people dead because they can't feed themselves, they can't heat their homes, they, they don't have what they need, and it was preventable now. We could stop it now. Now, I got it. Who are we going to get behind? It's not going to be Bishop Barron, that's for sure. I'd be surprised if it's a bishop at all. Especially in the aftermath of the bishop in Nicaragua being arrested. Remember, our bishops actually agree with the vipers in Washington. Our bishops actually think that they're on the right path. Gracious. <clears throat> Look. We continue on this path, we're going to be destroyed. Why? Because there aren't nearly enough of us doing penance. There aren't nearly enough of us who are standing and fighting. There aren't nearly enough of us who are praying properly. And don't get me wrong, there's a lot of people praying. I mean, there's got to be at least 100,000 people in America praying the rosary daily. 
we know that there's tens that there's tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people who attend daily mass. But the question you got to ask yourself, are these the same no, uh, are these people who are attending daily mass the same people who go to the bogus ordo? And actually believe that Susan from the parish council is an authority. Or are these people who are attending daily mass parishioners of priests like those of the society, like those of the fraternity, like those of the institute, at a minimum? Actually, no. At a minimum, are they the type of priests, are they parishioners to priests who are at least like Father James Altman? Like, fa- like Father Altier, or Father Wolf, or Father Ripperger. Or Father Heilman. Now mind you, I'm putting these guys at the minimum standard. Because every last one of you can go to those names, except maybe Father Ripperger. You can go to those names, and actually probably Father Wolf. Um, you can go to most of those names and you can go, well, this guy does this and that guy does that and this guy does this. And that's why they're the minimum standard. That's why they're the minimum standard. Because most of us have fallen, because most of us have fallen to some sort of modernist portion of her- some portion of the modernist heresy. The vast majority of us have fallen to this. And we fall into this because our priests have fallen to this. And the bishops are promoting it, so I mean, don't even, don't even get me started there. Do you honestly believe that we have enough good priests to make enough good parishioners? Or do you think maybe there's something more we could be doing? Dear family, particularly if you're in the United States, is it not true that the United States, at one point for most of the last century, had dominion over the whole earth? And what did we do with it? Kosovo, Serbia, Ukraine, Iraq, Afghanistan, Vietnam, Korea, Rwanda, Somalia, South Africa, Nicaragua, Mexico, Brazil, Argentina, Chile, Japan, China. What have we done in all of those places? Give it a good, thorough, honest look. What have we done in all of those places? Are they better because of the United States? Or did they just look better on the surface? And even if they look better on the surface, are they better now? Did we not actually spread that nonsense that became the collapse of Sri Lanka? Did we not actually write the books that were used by the Nazis in the Second World War? Did we not have communists in the White House? Under Roosevelt? I want you to do an honest look, an honest look at the track record of the United States of America for the last 100 years, and I want you to tell me that what we did was so awesome. And I know you can't. We're more power than any other nation in human history, more reach. And we just sent a drag queen and a transgender admiral 
to an international convention as our ambassadors. Repent. 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 For in 40 days, Nineveh shall be destroyed. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen.